Hello, listeners. Welcome to this week's episode of The Green Mile. I'm John Campbell. Mike Gurgani's with me. Hello. And uh, before you listen to this episode, we just want to remind you that while you can follow along each week on this show, we do offer you the opportunity over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash panel on panels, to binge the first two seasons of this show right now. That's right. For just $1, you can gain access to a plethora of episodes beyond just the one you're listening to this week, last week, or what you might be listening to for free next week. That is just $1 a month. We'll give you access to dozens of episodes. So without further ado, it's time to Hulk out. Dr. David Banner, physician, scientist, searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation alters his body chemistry. And now when David Banner grows angry or outraged, a startling metamorphosis occurs. Creature is driven by rage and pursued by an investigative reporter. Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The creature is wanted for a murder he didn't commit. David Banner is believed to be dead. And he must let the world think that he is dead until he can find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within him. All right, hello and welcome back to The Green Mile, the show where we chart Dr. David Bruce Banner's journey to cure himself of the Hulk inside. I'm John Campbell. With me, as always, my traveling companion, Mike Gergoni. Hello! Well, boy, we took to the skies on this one, didn't Indeed, we? Indeed, we had a straight-up takeoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, this, howdy. This is episode seven, uh, season one, episode seven of The Incredible Hulk, titled 747. The title says it all, I think. It, it really does. Originally aired April 7th, 1978. Written by Thomas E. Solosley? I don't know. You, you give me a pronunciation on this one, Gurgani. Zolsi. Zolsi? Mm-hmm. I think so. Zolossi? I don't know. Either way, and then Richard Christian Matheson, not to be confused with Richard Matheson, the sci-fi writer. Right. (laughs) Uh, And then directed by great name here, Sigmund Neufeld Jr. Ooh. Yeah. Sigmund. Not not to be confused with Sigmund Neufeld Sr., inventor of the Neufeld mechanical devices that we find in uh, most uh, combustion engines you see today. You really commit to those bits that I'm not. It's one of those where you're like, "That's a joke," or is it? <laughs> That's what I think of this show, John. Yeah. Is are they? There are moments on here where it's just like, "Are they kidding?" Come I, on. Now. I can't tell if this show is being sincere or not. I don't know. I think Bixby thinks it's sincere. Oh, Bixby's in it. I don't know if the writers. Bixby think is it's never sincere. less than con, uh, than committed to everything, right? And that's really what I think carries me through the show mm-hmm. is that Bixby is acting the shit out of scenes where the writing is often beneath him, <laughs> right? <laughs> like he's a good actor in search of some good scripts. No, and this episode in particular, in which we have a ton of shots of him sitting. In a pilot's chair, mm-hmm. reacting to a voice that he clearly can't hear on mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, like I said, I mean, yeah, the, the 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 true highlight here really is the acting talents of Bill Bixby. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the takeaway. I feel like let's give the synopsis on this one. Traveling across the country in pursuit of a potential cure for his affliction, 
David boards a passenger plane that is carrying a priceless Egyptian exhibit. When the pilot and a stewardess attempt to steal the artifacts, David finds himself forced into the unenviable position of having to land the plane safely before the strain (laughs) induces his transformation into the Hulk. Yeah, he does not succeed. Uh -uh. It is not one David Bruce Banner who lands this plane. It is, in fact, the Incredible Mm -hmm. Hulk. Spoilers for the end of the episode. So an interesting thing, I I was thinking about this because I'm like, I've seen a bunch of stuff like this where somebody has to land a plane or whatever. And then I realized the reason this episode exists is there was a rash of these kind of movies out around this time. Oh, yeah, 100%. The airport movies. Mm -hmm. Airport 75, Airport 77, Airport the Concord. Like, that was a whole franchise of trouble on a plane movies. And John Wayne did one called The High and the Mighty, like... Airplane, which was a spoof of all these movies. That, that, that existed because there were so many of these mm-hmm. movies. And that is actually, that movie, uh, I can't remember the exact title of the movie. That, that The plot of Airplane is taken directly from a movie. Oh, they, yeah. They took the actual... I thought spider- that was Airport. No, it's not. It's a, it's a random... It's a, I, I'm going to look it up because... Uh, but it is... A, no, like the plot of the movie where it's like a veteran pilot mm. who has to get on the plane because mm-hmm. they're, they're the reason that existed was was parodying those movies right. but they took the actual spine of that plot from a real movie oh. um and that movie is called i think it's called zero hour mm. i'm almost certain not that it it's is. super important but it's not but i'm <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's what it's called uh, and I do appreciate that Airplane 2 is yeah. literally just the same movie, but in space. In fact, they had to buy the rights to the movie Zero Hour just to make sure they weren't infringing <laughs> on copyright. But it, like, I, I, I've, I've never actually seen the whole movie, but I've seen like clips where it's almost identical. In fact, some dialogue is taken over. Like, oh, all I the just, characters are exactly I, the same. I just so. feel like I would watch that movie and be disappointed when Leslie Nielsen doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there is that Doctor character, right? Sure. Like You can find it's It's kind of fascinating. It's like watching The Hidden Fortress by Kurosawa mm. and being like, this is kind of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, 747. All right, so here we have uh, David Brown, I believe. Yes, David Brown is the name we established, which is interesting. There was an interesting bit in this episode where it really codified the idea that he picks a last name per episode, not per interaction. Mm. We've never seen him have multiple last names in an episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it especially stood out to me in this episode because at the beginning of the episode, we find Banner in a phone booth mm-hmm. calling a calling the office of some radiologist in Chicago. Yes. Um, and he's in San Francisco as established by a shot of the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. As opposed to New York, where he was last episode. Yeah. Again, really sure that New York episode was supposed to happen at a later point. Way in, earlier, because yeah. then there's a, there, there are multiple episodes in the California area. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> let's not try to track... If we actually try to track his movements per oh, man. episode, I, it would be an insane I want to put that on a listener, though. <laughs> Please, somebody take the time to actually draw the lines on the map, like Indiana Jones style of him zigzagging all oh, over the Oh, no, I can tell you, we could do this ourselves and actually be pretty damn cheap. We get ourselves a corkboard, mm-hmm. map the United States, some push pins, <laughs> and some yarn. Oh, my God, we could track the... Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, I am 100% going to start doing this. Okay. I'm going to go to Michael's Crafts come this Let's weekend. Let's do it. We'll start, we'll start putting them up on Twitter, just showing, or, yes. or Instagram, maybe. <laughs> How be a insane place for his it. journey is. Yeah, the zigzag. Maybe at the end of each season, we should show it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, okay, this is this is his path for and season we, one. Uh, choose a different color yarn for each season. For each season, there yeah, we go. exactly. Okay. I like it. We have established our arts and crafts project for this show. <laughs> Ooh, arts and crafts. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But yes, he is calling a, from 
San Francisco. He is calling a radiologist in Chicago yes. because that radiologist has some kind of development that could help him well, cure the Hulk. His 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 uh, research into gamma radiation specifically. specifically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, which is always about the gamma. And we find out that that doctor is going to be leaving on a lecture tour uh, in just a day's time. And so if Banner <laughs> gets there by 5 p.m., mm-hmm. he'll be able to... Uh, of course, right? they yeah. got to put a ticking clock here. Sure, because why not? Uh, if he can get there by 5, then uh, the secretary will make sure that the doctor sees Banner in time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so Banner's going to catch the first flight out of San Fran to hop over to Chicago real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a hugely long flight. Yeah, I mean, it's a few hours. Yeah. But the idea of like getting to the airport, buying your ticket, going well, through security. Well, this is the question we had, is how is this guy getting on an airplane? He has no form of identification. It's the 70s, John. You just come up with a big wad of cash and say, I, give me one of them tickets. I still think even in the 70s, they required some form of identification <laughs> to get you on a plane. Look, like, things were lax. Sure. But I don't think they were that lax. This was we a, don't care who you are. This was a pre-9-11 era in which anyone in a romantic comedy could just walk onto the concourse. Well, yes, that that was very much the case. But this was also <laughs> an era where there were a number of plane hijackings as well. True. That was kind of a problem at this time. Uh, the other question we had is, where does Banner keep getting money to buy like plane tickets My and God. crap? My God! Like, he has uh, seemingly unlimited access to cash. I mean, we see him doing odd jobs, but i got to assume his arcade money is dried up by now. <laughs> That's sweet, sweet arcade money. I might have been paid minimum wage. Unless, for that. and I really wanted to have seen this scene, is him buying these airport plane tickets in quarters. Just a big bag of quarters that he just drops <laughs> on the counter. <laughs> One ticket to Chicago, please. <laughs> and this, of course, is a sack with a dollar sign. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> just a crew of uh, airline employees counting out quarters to seven. Mm-hmm. To okay, he's got enough. <laughs> they give him like eight back. <laughs> oh, no. Because, see, at some point, someone has to go, oh, shit, somebody better go find a dime. He needs change. <laughs> oh, man, everybody's patting their pockets. That's the scene that was cut out of this episode, uh-huh. obviously. Thankfully, because everything else is in such excruciating detail. I oh, don't... my God. So we, we go from Banner to the beginning of our cockamamie scheme. Yes, we get our we get a very like well laid out cockamamie scheme in this mm-hmm, episode actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is by no means uncockamamie because of that, but at no, least no, no. like the threads are all there as we go into it. We're introduced to Phil as played by Edward Power and Stephanie played by Sandra Curry. Edward Power, that's not a real Edward name. Power. That is such a like porn name. My name is Edward Power. He's Ed Power. Come on. Ed Power. There he is, Edward Power. Uh still alive. Yeah, uh, good for him. Long working actor. Been, sure. Well, and uh, he he's, Worked right up for about 96, but <laughs> did a lot of TV Before shows that. there. Yeah. He, well, was on, he was on Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Okay, I'll give it to him. He was in two episodes of The Incredible Hulk. Oh, boy. I can't look. I'm really looking forward to some of these repeat guest stars just to see how they repeat. We shall see him again in season four, episode five. Mm, Ed Power will be back. Cool. I bet we'll remember Edward Power, like just the name. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, I... Whenever we see him again, uh, I'm guessing I'm going to go, that's not a real name. <laughs> and then one of our listeners will point out that we've already talked about mm-hmm. Um So, uh, yeah, we get, uh, what are the characters' names again? I'm just going to... No, I'm just going to refer to him as Ed Power. Uh, so it's, we get, it's Phil and Stephanie. Well, we get Ed Power and Stephanie. <laughs> 
and they're in a hotel room somewhere. Yeah. And we're a little unclear as to what their whole deal is other than they're together and they have some kind of scheme going on and it involves Ed Power with this big old handgun that he has mm-hmm. unpacking. Well, it's a regular forty-five, but it has a silencer on it, which makes it look more imposing. A forty-five is still a big old handgun. Oh, gun. it's a big gun. No question about it. That's made even more imposing by extending that barrel a little bit with the, the silencer. The fact that he shoots it one-handed later in the episode is just like... <laughs> yeah, that'd break his wrist. Come on. Um, and the fact that he's expecting any aim mm-hmm. on that whatsoever. That thing's... Yeah. Right. But anyway, so, uh, but he also has this vial of what looks like medication of some kind that he hands over to Stephanie and says, you know what to do. I was expecting a liquid. When it was pills, I was surprised. I was expecting it to, like, when I was trying to get ahead of the show and try to figure out what the Always a big mistake on this one. It's true. I had no idea what was coming. Like, say what you will about this show, but you never know where it's going on a moment-to-moment basis. Right. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, I feel as though I maybe did myself a disservice by knowing... Because at the end of the last episode, you read the synopsis for this the, episode. The IMDb mentioned, the and, and this synopsis as well, mentioned, mentioned the Egyptian artifacts. Yeah. If I hadn't know that, I think I would have been more entertained. Well, it's certainly because it doesn't lead you there. The only clue that there's uh-uh. Egyptian artifacts is a tiny little article on a newspaper that Banner's reading that I completely missed. Yeah, no. It I says, need to read the whole of the newspaper in a scene. Because it said uh, the ancient Egyptian Tut exhibit was being uh, transported. Yeah. Uh, via an unknown flight. But plane. that was like the third headline on the page. Yes. No. It was at the <laughs> bottom of the page, and the fact the only reason I caught it is because the camera lingered on the newspaper. It didn't focus on that article. No. No. It no. just lingered on the newspaper, mm-hmm. so I was able to absorb many of the headlines. Right. Turns out the Dodgers weren't doing good that year either. Oh no. Yeah. Poor Dodgers. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, I don't even know if it was baseball season. We get a very vague idea of when this occurs. We're having a hard enough time figuring out where it occurs, <laughs> but when doesn't even matter. Um, the last one was winter. I suppose when we were in New York, we were in winter. Right. That was the only. Th- that's the only one that's kind of clearly had a time period. Um, Yes, so these two are coming up with it. We don't know what their cockamamie scheme is. No, all we know is it involves a gun and a uh, bottle of medication of some kind. Um, Then we cut to, oh God, these dopamamie characters that well you get the cl- this is very much from these like air- airport movies yes. yeah, this true. like random hodgepodge of characters that are on the plane everybody's a fairly broad caricature mm-hmm. like there's nobody who's just a person and we get these weird cuts of people in international clothing establishing that this is an international flight to Chicago from San Francisco to Chicago, where it's an international flight within the United States, right? But which makes no goddamn. Which is sense. why we get people in traditional Indian garb mm-hmm. and kimonos, yeah. and Th- that's also very much of this time where it's like one of each. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm surprised we didn't see Buddhist monks on here. No, I'm I, th- that that shows people odd restraint. in like <laughs> traditional African dashikis or something. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, because that is very much that kind of thing that mm-hmm. we think about. Uh, uh, that's what that's what comes to mind for me in those. In those old like airplane disaster yeah. movies, it was always just like th- the most diverse group of people ever step onto a plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not enough for somebody to be Indian; they have to be dressed in traditional Indian garb. Yeah, you know, like be this. wearing a swari or yeah. Is that, is that what that's called? Like the wrap around the shoulder thing? I think that's right. I don't know. Um, I apologize for anyone who's screaming at me correcting. Uh, all of these pronunciations. Yeah, and to be fair, we we, we we don't we shouldn't have to say up front, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> this is a show about the Hulk. It's true. 
Um, Take our Hulk comments to the bank. But the rest of this that stuff. being said, I would like to learn. So please direct all your comments oh, yeah. to at MK Gargoni. I'm just saying, don't come at us with like, how could you not know? Sure. But if you want to, if you want to teach us, I'm always down to learn about new cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, we're learning about the Hulk. Yeah. What are we learning about the Hulk? I don't in this know. Um, that <laughs> he makes the decision to ride on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Banner, like, he's just setting himself up for failure here. Oh, yes. Uh, this was something I was saying before we watched this episode, even just just with the plot. This feels like if you were to sit down in, in the writer's room of this show and write down mm-hmm. what my first, like, just off the cuff, if they're like, come up with some Incredible Hulk episodes, putting him in a plane is a pretty good one. The list I came up with, when mm-hmm. in order of escalation, yeah. goes subway car, mm-hmm. plane, mm-hmm submarine yeah how we get him on a submarine i don't know oh no but that that sounds like that'd be the best episode and right. to be fair i haven't looked ahead at every episode that could happen sure i'm shocked we didn't get subway car before this especially with the new york episode right that really feels like that was an obvious one like, but trapping the hulk somewhere yeah confined and full of people that's or just train train seems easier yeah, and then you really, because you brought up Murder on the Orient Express. They really could have done Murder on the Orient Express with the Hulk. They back away from that with this whole landing, the plane thing. Yeah. I would have liked to have just seen a, a, like an Agatha Christie who'd done it. <laughs> but with the, with the ticking clock of him turning to the Hulk. Again, oh, well, we, we will. We, we might. We might. We will. I'm this look- show so badly wants to be Columbo. <laughs> um, remember the Columbo where he had to land a plane? Was there an episode of Columbo where he had to land no. a plane? Of course not. <laughs> I don't know. I could see Colombo figuring that Lieutenant out. Frank Colombo's up there going, oh boy, how do I figure this out? Just yep. uh, one more question there, Captain. But he just straight up figures it out himself is the thing. That's well, because Col- he's the greatest detective ever. <laughs> well, second greatest. He's not Batman. Yes, this is true. It goes Batman, Colombo. <laughs> and then after that, uh... Sherlock Holmes has got to be in there, right? Yeah, I guess. I was going to go Encyclopedia Brown, but okay. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> well, he always told you how he figured it out in the back of the book. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we get all these random assortment of characters. Uh, we have a guy who owns a shoe store who's sitting next to an annoying kid oh whose mom God. just had a, a divorce. Oh, my God. The shoe store guy is the broadest of performances. Um, I, I called him, at least in terms of visuals, he is the poor man's Ian Holm. Yeah, but I think he's trying to do a Kramer kind of performance before a Kramer. Kind of? He's trying to do this, like, eccentric, whoa. Yeah, but he's also got, like, a little bit of Woody Allen in there. Like, yeah, he's got this, like, neurotic, like, I've never been on a plane before. Yeah. Uh, I, I want I want to get who that guy is. Uh, it doesn't matter. He has nothing to do with this episode other than that one really funny take we'll get to. Mm-hmm. I think that's Howard Honig, who plays Mr. Legit. Is that, was that sure? I don't that, know. That, that's, we, that, it's, I don't it's think it's got to be by process of elimination. I don't think we ever hear his name by process of elimination. I think it's Howard Honig. Um, so we get those three: uh, the divorced mom, her son, who is super into jet planes. We learned that this is, is going uh, to be an important plot yes. point later. Uh, that is uh, Susan Cotton. Wait, I don't know. I just have names, so yeah. But I want to talk about who the kid is because that's actually where my some of my trivia comes in for this. That oh, is really? Kevin. The mm-hmm. kid is played by Brandon Cruz, who previously starred on a sitcom called The Courtship of Eddie's Father, mm-hmm. in which he played the son of Bill Bixby. Oh, this is a reunion. If you saw, do they? Sh- okay, they share a couple of scenes together. Mm-hmm. If you okay. if you saw that uh, sitcom that Bixby did before this. All right, fun. Mm-hmm. 
And I uh, and and I'll tease it now. At the end of this episode, I got a little in- info about the magician. Oh dear, <laughs> we'll get there. I'm very excited. Just saying, yeah, but because um, uh, we're gonna, we're also. I just want to cover so much of Bixby's television career on this show. I just want the magician. I want it so badly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it no DVD release. So sadly, ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, Brandon Cruz. Yeah, it's, uh, start alongside. Uh, uh, so we get them. We get some of the other flight attendants. Um, because it's uh, Susan? No, Stephanie is, Stephanie is the main evil one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one whose name I don't think Denise. we have. Denise? Do we ever actually get her name? Uh, Denise, who's played by Denise. Oh. Denise, played by Denise Gaelic. Yeah, we do not ever get her name, do we? I don't think so. <laughs> this may have just filled it in. Right. There are lots of characters in this episode credited as pilot, controller, nurse. Mm-hmm. Like, There was a nurse? Yeah, where was the ner- oh the, on the phone? Oh, her uh, the the radiologist secretary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. She was in a nurse's outfit. She was though. in a nur- nurse's outfit answering phones for some reason at a guy's yeah, the, office the, uh, They've really condensed everything. Yeah, I guess. Receptionist, nurse, you do it all. Sure. I've it's, never it's seen th- that. Never seen that in a doctor's office. But it's why not? Thankless work. It really is. They aren't paid enough. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> Um, so who, what, what is the other, what is the rest of the menagerie of characters we get on this flight? Oh, well, we get the old couple who are oh, taking a second right, honeymoon. Right, They're sitting next to Banner. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, what an idyllic couple they are. But, oh, yeah. Oh, they just, oh, Been in taking... love for 36 years. Glad to go on my second honeymoon. Hope nothing happens. <laughs> Surely nothing <laughs> bad can happen to us, a kindly old couple. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Spoiler, it's not. <laughs> Spoiler, he's dead. <laughs> well, we'll get there. <laughs> well, we're about to get there because when the when the, the, the plane... Once we reach cruising altitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie, our evil stewardess. Stephanie, mm-hmm. the evil stewardess, um, which is a book I'm, I've been working on. Of course, um, yeah. <laughs> I like to not bury the lead. Um, well, okay, so here's the thing. They get mm-hmm. to cruising altitude. Yes, altitude. Yes. This then is where the cockamamie scheme kicks in. This play. is where it kicks in. Then we see uh, Stephanie... Preparing the coffee for the uh, the flight crew. Yes. Then she, we see her pulling out that vial of medication that we'd seen before. Mm-hmm. And this is where we find out it's a bunch of pills. It is a bunch of pills. Because this is really stupid. <laughs> she dumps a bunch into her hand and plops them into two of the three uh, cups of coffee. And I want to get this right. A bunch. Like a handful. Yeah. Like Five to ten per cup. Easily. And these are not small pills. No. They're the kind of pills that you expect for her to, like, break in half and, like, dump the powder out into. Of course, because they're clearly plastic, like, coated pills. Yes. They're not going to dissolve. No. Um... So, but instead of that, she just dumps a handful into each cup. Right. Like, if you took a sip of it, you'd be like, there's a bunch of pills in here. Right. Or you'd finish the coffee and see all the pills at the bottom. Right, yeah. <laughs> Are these a bunch of pills? Hmm. Weird ice cubes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially in coffee. <laughs> right. Well, sometimes you put ice in the coffee just to, like, cool it down a little bit. Sure, yeah. Iced coffee's a thing. I don't no, know. No, iced coffee is a thing. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Uh, They're usually bigger than pill-shaped ice, though. Look, it's a bold new era. Yeah. <laughs> We've uh, entered the era of pill ice. But she gets distracted for a second. Yeah. I'd forget doing what. I think somebody calls her or something. It's not... 
It's not super important. Anyway. But, but this impatient old bastard shows who, up. Who is sitting next to Banner, swoops in from side <laughs> of shot, grabs one of the pill-laden cups of coffee, and just moseys on back Which, to his seat. Which, what a dick move to begin with. Like, he's just like, God, fuck it, I want my coffee. Oh, no. And here's the thing. So he sits back down, and he says, look, I've had two cups of coffee with every single meal for the past 70 years. Yeah. One during and one after. I'm not about to stop now. And if that means stealing from the flight crew, well, fuck those guys. This guy deserves today. That's all I'm saying. And uh, then he proceeds to just guzzle this oh, coffee. Yeah, because by the time she realizes it, I like the scene of her realizing the coffee's been taken and then hunting the plane for someone with a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And we see every excruciating moment of her like checking seats. Until she's like, she they've finally... got a cup, but nah, it's not the coffee. Right. And, 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 and finally she gets to him and she's like, sir, I need that coffee back. And he's like, I've already finished it. I'm a f- yeah, and then she goes. Coffee's the- a beverage you just guzzle down. Well, the if second you're an old eat- man, all your taste buds are gone. Maybe. I guess that's true. I no longer have a sense of heat. Um, <laughs> I can't feel in my face. <laughs> I drink the coffee to still feel alive. <laughs> uh, it's the only way I feel warmth in this relationship <laughs> I'm in. Whoa! <laughs> now you're reading into some stuff there. Um, I don't know. They feel like they're. The amount of concern she shows for her husband when he could be dead mm-hmm. leads me to believe otherwise. That's true. She doesn't <laughs> give a damn. Oh, he's fine. Life insurance, you say? <laughs> What's that now? Ooh. <laughs> she was planning to murder him on that second honeymoon anyway. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. You, what I've learned from Dayline, you go on a honeymoon, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he, he guzzles it down, and she goes, oh, well, there was some medication in it, but don't worry about <laughs> it. And at that point, Banner raises an eyebrow and goes, medication, you say? Mm-hmm. Because at this, this point, we learn about Banner's pharmaceutical background. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> clearly he wants to know every detail about uh, what medication this person mm-hmm. took. Uh, and she's, she's like, uh, a vitamin or something. Uh, and Banner's not having any of it. Yeah. No, I need detailed, you know. Give me the exact genetic breakdown yeah he wants to see the person who it is right right talk to them about what their medication is because like if you can't remember dumb dumb flight attendant oh boy <laughs> oh the scene where he just like corners her and starts shouting he, at he her he is this close to grabbing her and shaking her in that scene <laughs> which to, is very not, uncomfortable not out of character for this guy yeah, exactly i was super worried it was he gonna is happen wagging again. it he, he is pulling a harrison ford finger pointing with Ooh, yeah extreme uh yeah he is this is the problem with Banner, and I guess it makes sense for his character. This guy never plays it cool, ever. No, he has zero chill. He's always just like, what is going on? <laughs> Tell me! I'm going to get really worked up because that solves most of my problems. Because <laughs> I keep comparing it, I, I keep bringing up Columbo, which is a show I love. It, mm-hmm. it was really one of the great detective shows. But he needs to learn some lessons from Lieutenant Columbo, because Columbo always played the dummy. Oh, sure. He was always like, uh, but, he, but he was always taking the slow road, gathering mm-hmm. facts. Mm-hmm. So at the end, when he could turn around and spring it on people, they were like, Columbo of all people? How did you figure it out? Because the Columbo catchphrase was, just one more question. Yeah. Right? And you're like, oh, he's going to get him. <laughs> this is good. Banner's just like, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell <laughs> me. Right. <laughs> Let's get my heart rate up so I can kill you. <laughs> It does seem, especially a guy who knows he's got this yes. anger issue, you would think he'd try to play it cool. Mm-hmm. No, the Hulk plays it cooler than him in this episode. Oh my god, he does. <laughs> That's really dumb. The Hulk is pretty calm, actually. <laughs> Oddly calm during stress in this episode. Uh, 
So yeah, uh, then he demands to talk to the captain. Because at this point, the all the flight crew, except for Ed Power, yeah. who has <laughs> drank the undrugged coffee. Ed Power! Ooh, uh, no, we forgot the scene where she goes back after like not getting the drugged coffee to re-prepare like, the coffee. She's like, the old man got the medication. Whatever. I, let's get back to the plan, yeah. Right, so she makes some more coffee and dumps more pills in those coffees. <laughs> mm-hmm. So It's the br- same scene, too. They oh, yeah. reuse the footage. Oh, yeah. She makes two more cups of coffee, even though she had already... What I read it as is she prepares a, th- a new third cup of coffee, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then she can't decide how much pills she needs for that new cup of coffee, mm-hmm. that the new one that is undrugged. Mm-hmm. So she dumps pills into both of the drugged cups of coffees. <laughs> so one of those cups has a double dose, <laughs> even though the dose, quote unquote, is a fuck ton of pills. That guy took one sip and was dead. The guy who took the double dose is easily imbibing like 10 to 15 pills worth of whatever <laughs> this shit is. I can't remember what it is, what, it, what he did. Banner knows what it is, though. It's some kind of relaxant that's yeah, meant yeah. to knock them out. Obviously, yeah, yeah. But with that amount... It's a sedative. Right. No, that is lethal. Right. <laughs> the single dose, but her single dose is lethal unto itself. <laughs> right. Somebody got double dosed. They're dead in moments. <laughs> they were dead in a second. They were right. dead before they hit the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Their heart just stopped the moment they took that first step. Because <laughs> there is a line when when you when they cut to it, everybody. I I love the scene of her giving them coffee, and every one of them has to comment on like, mm, "Good coffee, good stuff, good coffee." And the Ed she pa- literally looks from one to the other to the next, and then Ed Power gives an evil like, "Yes." Good Because as is correct with every cockamamie scheme, one of the members of that scheme is just straight up evil for no good reason. <laughs> and that is Ed Power in the scenario. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's, I don't know if she's reluctant, but she definitely has second thoughts. You get yeah, the sense, she's even in that, that hotel scene. Yeah, yeah, She's definitely worried of like, uh, drugging pilots on an actively flying plane. Yeah. That seems problematic. This, this is the other thing. This is a fucking crazy plan. <laughs> it's a cockamamie scheme. Oh, is it ever? Because it's, a, so, because... Hold on, let's go over what the scheme is okay. because we're on it now. So th- this is should the this is the plan working as, as they see it. Yeah, they're going to drug the flight crew. Yep. Uh, Ed Power will he for some reason reduces altitude, which I well I know I know why he does that. He reduces altitude uh, because then he's going to go down to the cargo hold. Reducing altitude gives him an excuse to go down to the cargo hold to check on no, something? No, no, no. The reducing altitude is so they can parachute out. Oh, okay. Yeah. You would not be able to parachute from the cruising altitude of an airliner like all this. All right, all right, all right. Um, you, learn, you can learn this from Air Force One. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so he does that. Then he goes down to the cargo hold where he, his plan is basically to just break open this thing containing the Egyptian artifacts jam them in a duffel bag, and then peace out on a parachute. With uh, Stephanie in tow, yeah? That's unclear. (laughs) (laughs) That's the implied plan that we hear. Yeah. Is she's meant to, like, keep the people upstairs calm while Mm -hmm. he's looting the Egyptian Mm -hmm. artifacts, which not just any Egyptian artifacts. They are the most precious 
that they would never just put these on a 74. Who's with these? These by the way? are the burial artifacts of King Tutankhamun himself. Mm-hmm. When they cracked open the first box on that, they no, it's, no, it, like it's like the classic death mask. Whatever you th- when I say Egyptian artifacts, the first three images that come to mind are what's in this. Mm-hmm. That golden ankh, mm-hmm. the the death mask, mm-hmm. and oh, what was the other thing? It was like the, one of those uh, golden statuary things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, they're, they're, yeah, they're, these are the most famous and important and valuable yes, Egyptian artifacts. They just in happen to be on this passenger flight. We don't know who's with them either. I think that's interesting. We don't see a character. They, they just put them on there? Yeah. Yeah, they were just like, ship them out. Yeah, they didn't have like, okay, at no point are we ever seeing Somebody an, just checked an, them. an air marshal. We never mm-hmm. see someone who is supposed I buy that for the time, maybe. Maybe? I think there are definitely more air marshals today. Than Fair enough. Were. Um, we if never Wesley s- Snipes was on this plane, this would have gone down a different way. Well, no, Banner would have gotten tased um, <laughs> when he screamed at the flight attendant. Well, um, Wesley Snipes, you would have been roundhouse kicked. Uh. Fair enough. <laughs> but we never see anyone who is responsible for the artifacts. Apparently, they're just no. going to be claimed at baggage but when this the isn't, plane This lands. is not a cargo flight. That's no. the thing that makes no sense. This, this was checked, yeah. checked luggage. Yeah. I don't know. And he just cracks it open. And I just love the, like, the, once again, the most valuable, important Egyptian artifacts in existence, really. And he's just jamming them in a duffel bag, and he's going to leap out the Oh, yeah, plane. no. He's taking them out of their protective cases, which inside those protective, like, foam-lined cases, they're in these, like, silken bags mm-hmm. that are pretty form-fitting, but meant mm-hmm. to, like, stop scuffing. Yeah, yeah. He's taking them out of those <laughs> to just huck them into a it's duffel bag. It's interesting the commitment to... Like showing how these things probably would be transported. Eh, no, they'd be in like form-fitting, like styrofoam containers. It's true. You would, and you also probably wouldn't be able to just crack it open like right. this. Right. This guy just grabs a crowbar. Is like, no. yeah, no, these are. Uh, but the fact that he takes the silk bags off is what really got to me. <laughs> because I don't give a shit. They are not taking up that much more room. The cases I get. The cases are bulky. He's not yeah. going to be able to transport yeah. all of them. Yeah. But to get them onto a duffel bag, he could have left them all in those little silk bags and stopped them from banging up against each other or scratching each other. But we had to see them. <sighs> That's yeah. why he does it. Yes. <laughs> and he's just like... Yeah. Also, the prop work here is not amazing. These don't Ooh. exactly look like they're made of gold. No. They look like they're made of plastic painted gold. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll give them props, but um, for make like researching what artifacts they should look like, mm-hmm. not like just like saying, "Oh yeah, they're important Egyptian artifacts." Mm-hmm. No, they look like the the stuff that was pulled from Tutankhamun's. I just want to know tomb. why they went with Egyptian artifacts. This guy could have been trying to steal anything. Egyptian artifacts is such a random and specific poll. I feel like that's a timestamp. I feel like there was a big like Egyptian fervor. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That happened in like the mid to late seventies. Yeah. When that specifically the the burial stuff of Tutankhamun was touring the nation in museums. Yeah, that makes sense. But it probably wasn't just touring in the cargo hold of a seven forty seven no, passenger. No, I kind of think it wasn't. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and guess. That was flown out uh, privately on a right. cargo flight. I want to see the criminals who saw this episode and go, that's where they keep them? Well, shit. <laughs> the only thing that did this guy in was a Hulk, and those don't exist, so we should be able to pull this <laughs> off no problem. There was a rash of, uh, of copycat crimes around mm-hmm. this time. All failed because, of course, that's not how they transport Egyptian artifacts. Right, right, right. Um, yes. So but yeah, and again, like what their plan is to do with these artifacts oh, okay, once yeah. they've stolen them, we have no. Well, real that's idea. what I brought up. These are so rare, so priceless. 
who's going to move this? Who's their fence? You know what I mean? Like, I'm assuming they have this, some eccentric this, billionaire to be like, oh, I will own these. That yes. would be the only way, really, because if these pop up anywhere, the oh. authorities are going to be right on it. Oh, yeah. 100%. These are going to draw so much attention. No, it's got to be some private buyer who's just like, I need to be the new pharaoh. Because, no, you don't hear people steal shit like this. Very rarely, yeah. Yeah, and it, and I and mean, there's like the Hope Diamond, and there's that kind of stuff. But that's all. That stuff also just disappears. Right. That almost feels like if you're stealing that, that's just to say you stole it. Mm-hmm. Like that's just to be like, I got it. Well, maybe they're just trying to like start their criminal careers off by like, yeah, we were the guys who did the uh, the Pharaoh mm-hmm. heist. Mm-hmm. What up? Yeah. Here's my other question: What's why the gun? What does he need the gun for? I don't know. Like back, like like. I, presumably, is it like I'm back in the corner and I need to shoot someone? In case I need to kill everyone on this plane. Line up for your shooting. Like, in case the pills don't work and he has to kill the <laughs> flight crew. But I, the gun is also in the cargo hold. So he's like, oh, those pills didn't wear off. I'll go down to the cargo hold. Once again, this is what I pitched. He could have just been flying the plane and gone like, oh, I need to go down to the cargo hold to check on something. Mm-hmm. I guess he would have had to drop the altitude. That's the reason he would have to knock him out. Yeah, because he knocks out the flight crew, and that's when he drops the altitude. Yeah, it's the altitude. That's why he has to knock him out. But, but even it, still, he could have just done it quietly and, and gotten out of there. But Banner, as he does, is putting his nose in things. He can't not. Because he demands to speak to the captain mm-hmm. because this uppity flight attendant <laughs> won't tell him what kind of medication was tell in the me! Tell me! That old man is out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he has a pulse. He has a pulse. Banner checks it, but he is unconscious. Presumably his eyes are super dilated because he's checking his yeah, pupils yeah. as well. Um, and his wife doesn't give a shit. No, because, yeah, Banner <laughs> says, like, is your husband okay? And she's like, oh, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> as Banner, like, limply moves him around like a la- rag doll. <laughs> uh, he is not conscious. He does this all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm... We never see that guy wake up, nor do we see the flight crew wake up. I'm pretty sure they're I'm assuming dead. everyone's dead. We, <laughs> like, also, we also never see the... They the, slip into a coma We also never die. see the evil pilot get up again. Ooh, yeah, no, he's super dead, too. <laughs> like, a bunch of people are dead in this episode. And I'm pretty sure the evil stewardess just gets away with it, because we never see her arrested mm-hmm. or anything. And we never... Usually these episodes end with them going like, and then... Because that's why McGee's there. McGee's mm-hmm. not in this episode. No. But usually McGee's there to be the one who, like, cleans everything up and presents the information to the police. Right. In this and episode... steals all the credit. Yeah, in this episode... I fully expected McGee to be on the same flight and have like a weird thing where Banner has to avoid him. I am shocked they didn't do that. I know why he's not, Hmm? because that would require him to be in more than two scenes per episode. And they're going to pay him more? (laughs) I'm presuming... They still had to pay him. He's a credited regular, whether he's in it or not. But I'm just presuming like he doesn't want to work on this show... Mm-hmm. So they, he has some contractual Jack Colvin's thing. like, leave me out. If I yeah, I mean, if there. he has to be in there for the entire episode, fuck that. That's you get what me I for a day, right? Per One episode. day, that's it. Based on the amount of screen time he's had in other episodes, I'm assuming that's true. There are some McGee episodes, McGee centric episodes later on. I'm gonna tear my <laughs> hair out. Uh, yes. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up about trivia is all the airplane footage is from. Uh, is is unused stock footage from the 1975 film Airport. Wow. Yeah. 
that doesn't shock me at all. Yeah. Considering the... Because that was a universal film. This was uh-huh. a universal TV show. There was so. a couple of those early establishing shots of the plane that were literally just still frames. That or, stuff was amazing. Or looped shots for like three or four loops. I love that. Yeah. It's like a gif. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's exactly that. Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. see the same people moving in the airport window just mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was pretty incredible. Yeah. So Banner's sticking his nose and stuff. And then the, the uh, uh, Ed Power. Yes. Comes, he's now wearing the captain's uniform. And he comes out and is like, is there a problem here? And he's like, oh, well, we better go down to the cargo hold. And, and Banner's like, why? He's like, because there's a first aid kit down there. And Banner's like, yep, sounds reasonable. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and then this is one of my favorite bits in this episode. He opens up what's like a... It's a kennel. It's a kennel, yeah. It's meant to house animals of some Yeah, kind. and he's like, that's where the first aid kit is. Boy, it's real dark in there. You want to go in there and check it out? Clearly, and your like, night vision is better than mine. Fine by me. <laughs> So Banner <laughs> pops down and waddles into this kennel, and then, is, of course, the door is immediately closed behind him and locked. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and that is when Ed Power proceeds to rifle through all the Egyptian artifacts, throw them into a duffel bag. I also, yes, but I also love that it's not enough that he's just trapped this guy. He needs to push this out of the plane. Well, This no, man needs to die. It is not until Banner figures out precisely where they're going to be jumping because Banner kind of figures out where they are in the sky, and he's just like, okay, we've lowered to this altitude, so if your plan is to jump off the plane, I can pretty much figure out where the safest place to be for you to land. Why he knows all that, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Because he names like a specific range in the mountains. It's like, oh, and if you jump off at this plateau... Are we adding a geography degree here? I feel like he's a geographer (laughs) as well. Or... Cartography. I think cartography. Okay. I think we. I think. I think this episode we get two. Mm-hmm. I think pharmaceuticals and cartography. <laughs> what? Can, what doesn't this guy know? <laughs> Apparently, how to land a plane, but he can figure it out pretty well. As we're gonna find out. But oh yeah, boy. so he's he tries. <laughs> he has a gun. He could also once again just shoot him. Because like leaving a body behind won't matter. Like they're gonna know these things are missing. But there, there's clearly certain lines they're not willing to cross because their original plan was for the pilots to be drugged only long enough for them to steal these artifacts and escape yes, and, and then, then they would wake up and be able to land the plane which i love that idea being like well better land this plane <laughs> um <laughs> blacked out there for a second that went that went off the rails the second stephanie uh just dumped just buckets of pills yeah, which which is not just stephanie our... is the character's name yes stephanie okay. yeah Stephanie, the evil stewardess. Yes. Um, She's reluctantly evil, though. Yeah, it's true. Um, We don't really know. Once again, we don't really know what anybody's motivations are here. Oh, Ed Powers straight up (laughs) evil. He is just like... He's another bloodthirsty maniac, like greedy, mm -hmm. bloodthirsty maniac. Oh, yeah. In a long long line on this show. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) This was a time it was just like, no, he's a bad guy. Yeah. I don't know. He's a bad guy. Yeah. He does bad stuff because he likes doing bad stuff. Because, yeah, his first... Evil once, McEvil. Once Banner figures out precisely where they're going to be jumping off of the plane due to his cartography skills... Yeah. Uh, well, his doctorate. Ed Power decides not to kill him with a gun, <laughs> but to kill him by shoving this kennel out the side of the plane. Which is a way crazier way to do it. So, he opens up the hatch in the cargo, <laughs> which doesn't immediately suck them all out. No, no, no. <laughs> despite them moving at, like, high velocity. I mean, if that's the case, then this was not pressurized to begin with, and that's got to violate some FAA regulations. I assume. Yeah. Um, so, he is slowly pushing this 
giant kennel <laughs> it's to the heavy. side of the plane. Oh, it's of course it's got a human being inside of it, yeah. and that human being is quickly gaining mass mm-hmm. as we see. Because yeah, we obviously he's hulking out in this moment. He's about to be pushed out of plane, mm-hmm. and then he bursts out the kennel. Yeah, we get this cool scene where we see the fist. Uh, this is cool. Imprints this is good on the side of the kennel. Uh, this at, feels like something out of a comic to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, until we finally see him like tearing through the mm-hmm. metal of the kennel because it's this big metal. There are moments s- in the show where it feels like a comic book, which is unavoidable when the main character turns into a green monster. <laughs> right. Um, and then this is when uh, Ed Power decides to use his gun. Yeah. For some reason, it's not until the big green monster shows up uh, <laughs> that he decides to start shooting away. Yeah. He. The bullets, of course, do nothing. Right. Except for one misses and hits a hydraulic fuel line. Yes. Uh, it's not a fuel line. It's like the hydraulic fluid line. Yes. Because we'll find out later it's controlling the It's the, the, it's the, the steering fluid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like the, it's like the power steering fluid, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the floor is all slippery because of this hydraulic fluid. Oh, they God. have a bit of a scuffle. And the uh, Ed Power is slipping towards the edge of the plane. He's like, help me, help me. Yeah. And the Hulk is like, well, okay, I guess I'm helping him now. And then the Hulk slips. And then the Hulk slips and goes out the side <laughs> of the plane. But don't worry, he turns in midair and grabs onto the edge. He does edge of- a sick barrel roll that we don't <laughs> no, actually off see. Screen. He does an off-screen sick barrel roll. Because he goes head first out that cargo bay door. <laughs> he's walking towards it, and his feet go out from under him, and he just tumbles out that thing. It's a straight-up swan dive. Yeah. Um, and then for somehow he does like a triple axle <laughs> and turns around and gra- puts a hand on the... Tanya Harding would be proud of yeah. this. Um, <laughs> And then a moment I know you particularly loved is this guy trying to step on the hole. Oh, that's hand. because Ed Power is like slowly getting up and like wobbly, and apparently the floor is not slippery anymore, so don't worry about it. Yeah. And then Hulk he, picked up all of that when he slipped. Yes, and Hulk is hanging on to the side of the plane by one hand, just, just one like hand, yeah, fingertips on the edge of mm-hmm. this uh, like cargo door. Mm-hmm. And Ed Power slowly comes up, looks at the Hulk, and just like very nonchalantly tries to put his foot down on the Hulk's hand. Mm-hmm. He's like. Get down there, you <laughs> stupid Hulk. It's like, it would almost be better if he had a shoeing broom. Mm-hmm. It's like, get, get. <laughs> get out of here, Hulk. I'm tired of you. Um, and yeah, well. Pretty amazing We see the here. Hulk hanging out of the side of the plane on shots that were clearly filmed from the ground. Oh, God, yeah. Like, with the plane not moving. Mm-hmm. It's just Frigno hanging on to it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's like a foot But there was the a ground. really cool instance here in which the Hulk is hanging out of here by one hand. The f- the foot's coming down onto his fingers, doing nothing, presumably. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the Hulk brings his other hand, grabs the foot as it's coming down, and just chucks him backwards. Yeah, into the other side of the plane, yeah. Which presumably knocks him the F out. Mm-hmm. Well, kills him. Or kills him, because yeah. we never see him wake yeah, back up. Yeah, subnormal hematoma. Yeah. <laughs> He's dead. He is super He's dead. He's dying of a brain hemorrhage yeah. the, the rest of the episode. <laughs> Dark. <laughs> I mean, he did get shoved by a monster up against a metal wall. Honestly, like, I was shocked he wasn't shoved through the wall out the other side of the I plane. was, yeah. <laughs> we can't have the whole kill people, though, so. Right, no, God forbid. Uh, except for that one that he can't prove he didn't do. He can never prove he didn't do it. <laughs> um, he can never prove he didn't do it. So uh, the Hulk then demonstrates his sick pull-up skills. Oh, and yeah. gets back up into the plane. I don't think he ever closes the door. No. Okay, why is it closed later? The cargo door? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Because then we get my favorite scene in the episode, and that's the Hulk 
slowly wandering up this plane, like, because it's a triple-decker plane or a double-decker plane. Yeah. There's a spiral staircase that leads up and down in this plane. Yes. And the main cabin where all the passengers are is the only one that's occupied by passengers. There's mm-hmm. a first-class cabin that's, like, right behind the, uh, yeah, the, nobody's the bridge, in. but nobody's in it. Yeah. The bridge? Cockpit? Cockpit? Bridge? Or whatever. I like spaceship terms. Me too. I know. Um, I was, I'm like, I'm thrilled. Um, so we see the Hulk like wandering up these spiral stairs, kind of confused. He's probably really. I'm kind of more surprised he's not upset by the pressure pressure differential. Nah, that doesn't seem to bother. Hulk's him. ears pop. <laughs> yeah, and then he just kind of takes a seat. Oh no, because we get my favorite scene. Of oh the whole wait episode. a minute, because shoe salesman guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is finding out that he's. Let's get to, let's he's, get his uh, name again. Uh, Mister Mister. I don't know. Uh, Mister Legit. Mr. Legit, sure. What a great name. Shoe shop guy. Mr. Legit. Um, he is finding out that he is getting airsick mm-hmm. and is describing every critical moment of this to his uh, two flight companions, Kevin, Kevin Kevin's and mom. Kevin's mom. Yeah. Uh, I don't think ever gets a name. No, she does not. Um, she misses something. In the anyway, so he wanders away from this seat to try to find oh, like Kevin, a, Kevin. some cold water to splash in his face. Yep. He goes over to the uh, the bathrooms. They're both occupied. And then he goes for that like upper cabin door, opens it. There's the Hulk just standing there this, going, This is on par with Cutaway to Boat Explosion. It's right up there. Because it is, it is a similar comedy pattern. And then he just immediately shuts the door. Then he opens then it he again. Then he takes a beat. Uh-huh. And then he opens it again. Hulk's still there going, I thought he would be gone the second time. <laughs> I w- that would have been the smarter thing to do. Yeah, that, w- that would have been, yeah, that, that's the what. The funnier comedic yeah. beat. Um, and then he would have just been like. I must really be sick or something like that. Throws the alcohol out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, the classic, like, James Bond yeah. guy just tosses the bottle. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. <laughs> I got to lay off the hard stuff. <laughs> um, Did that gondola just drive up onto a street? <laughs> so then he shuts the door again, wanders back to his seat, and exasperatedly says, You won't believe what I've seen. Wah, gah, gah, a gah, green gah. man. Uh, and then we cut back to the Hulk, mm-hmm. who instead of just charging through the door because somebody slammed it in his face, casually wanders back downstairs. He's hurt by this. Yeah, he's a little. He's just like, oh, really? Yeah. Not I, gonna, just, I just wanted a friend. Hulk only ever wants a friend. Hulk only wants friends. But Hulk also wants to be left alone, so wants a dichotomy. Yeah, it is. Um, he and but, so then he just takes a seat and turns back into Banner. No leather couch involved. I can't explain it. <sighs> No. Unless the, like, bits on the staircase are made of leather. They didn't appear to be, but No, maybe. but it's, I mean, who knows? It was the it's 70s. A, it's a swanky airplane. Plane, planes were nicer back then. Yeah, this is true. So. They had leather staircases. Yeah, the only uh, explanation we came up with is that apparently uh, rejection also turns yeah. him back into Banner. Mm-hmm. So he turns back into Banner, and then Banner... Uh, the the thief has been taken care of, but oh, oh yeah, no. because uh, Ed Power's dead. Yep. <laughs> no the one in the corpse episode, of Ed Power. <laughs> no one ever says it in the episode, but he is super dead. They never say he didn't. Anyone who we don't get a confirmation on, I'm going to assume is dead. <laughs> Which is like the whole flight crew. Yep. <laughs> the the body count is high on this one. Yeah. Um. 
look, he can't prove he didn't the do it. The old man. Um, he can never prove he didn't do it. This mm-hmm. There's more bodies on the Hulk. That's true. Uh, that's what McGee would think. See, that would be a compelling storyline if like McGee was building on that. It's like, oh, he's racking up more bodies. Mm-hmm. Like All of these people who, who could potentially be dying in these episodes, mm-hmm. who for the most part don't, right? Uh, who McGee could blame their there, deaths on the there Hulk. Is very, I mean, I don't need the Hulk to kill people, but there's just very little death in the show. Yeah. Aside from a murder plot. like Right. We've done those, but that is specifically there is a murder. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, so the but that thieving ended. Uh, yes, our, our heist has been foiled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now there's nobody to land this plane. Oh no! Because as soon as Banner is found by the other flight attendant, mm-hmm. uh, he is found rifling through the luggage downstairs so he can reclothe himself. Yep. Um, Denise, he- played by Denise. Uh, Den- he lets Denise in on the cockamamie scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then confirms the cockamamie scheme by uh, approaching Stephanie and saying, is there a cockamamie scheme? And she immediately breaks down, mm. um, saying, of course there was a cockamamie scheme. Um, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Mm-hmm. A cockamamie scheme? But this is when Banner uh, produces his pharmaceutical cr- credentials mm-hmm. because she stumbles around a little bit trying to identify exactly what drugs were mm-hmm. given to these people. She's like, something or, something or other. And then he immediately He's just... like, Capitethanol? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh and he immediately diagnoses God. that even if... Like, she, he's trying to figure out the dosage they got to see if he mm-hmm. can wake them up. And he immediately figures out, oh, no, this was never going to work. The, the amounts you gave to them, yeah. they are going to be out for well, days. Well, she was just haphazardly dumping pills and cups. Oh, yeah, it's true. No, they're dead. Because he's like, how many did you give? She's like, I don't know, some. Half the bottle each, yeah. I think is what she says. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. These men are dead. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking dead, yeah. Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> you are a murderer now. You can join Ed Power <laughs> Um. Yes. Um. So, yeah, now... I mean... This, this whole thing is just an excuse for Banner to land a plane, right? Yeah. Because this is a good, I don't know, 20 minutes of this episode. It takes a long time to land this plane. The back half of this episode, I would say, yeah, is solidly Banner in this cockpit trying to be uh, talked down into the landing procedures of this plane. In excruciating, very realistic detail. From one... Captain, oh, who is oh. it? Captain smokes a lot. Captain Bob Brandis. Captain Bob. Bra- Captain Bob Brandis. In comes Ed Peck. Captain Bob Brandis here. He because you have you have the exasperated uh, uh, flight flight control guy. Uh, oh which yeah. we should mention uh, that. Oh, I love JJ Saunders plays mm. controller. Mm-hmm. That is J period J A Y Saunders. Interesting. J J. Saunders. Huh. What do you think the first J stands for? Jerome. Okay. Pulled that out of nowhere. Hey, why not? Um, Jerome J. Saunders. Yeah, that's actually a pretty awesome that's name. That's a really cool name. I just like that it's not JJ. It's J. 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 Saunders. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, in comes Ed, Ed Peck swaggers into this show as Captain Bob Brendis. Clearly, they had a slot to fill because McGee wasn't in this episode, mm-hmm. so they got somebody else for a day. Uh, uh, Ed and Peck, 
Ed Peck, who was in like every TV show ever, pretty much, <laughs> and several like iconic movies like Bullet and Heaven Can Wait and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Who was he in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? He is one of the FBI agents. Do you remember the scene where they're being they're questioning oh. the which kid are they questioning? The FBI is questioning. Uh, uh, was it Augustus? I think it is. Um, There's the scene because they're like, "Where'd this golden ticket come from?" or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- isn't the FBI trying to get the golden ticket as well? Yeah, there's a thing about that. Well, anyway, Wonka is up to some shady shit yeah. in that factory. We've been after Wonka for years. Well, he enslaved an indigenous people at some point. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Crimes if he, against humanity. The FBI is after <laughs> this man. This is indentured servitude. <laughs> indentured? No, those Oompa Loompas are slaves. <laughs> Call it what it is. Right. Slavery. No. Straight up. Like, Wonka found a cargo cult at some point that was worshipping him as a god, and he shipped them all home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Anywho. Um, Ed Peck. This is my personal take on Willy Wonka. He's also in a, a not great episode of. Uh, Star Trek called Tomorrow is Yesterday, mm. where they travel back to the mm-hmm. 1960s. Yeah. Yeah. One of those classic time travel episodes where they clearly ran out of money. <laughs> it's the Enterprise in modern day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's not what we want to see. No. <laughs> anyway, he plays a character named Colonel Trilling in that, so mm. basically the same character. But anyway, he's going to. I mean, pretty I mean, like, not much happens here in that he just talks this guy down. Yeah, in excruciating detail. Like, we learn about where the altimeter is. Uh, we learn about where. I'm pretty sure we can land a plane now. I'm fairly confident that by the end of this episode, I could land a 747 in 1978. Yeah, a 1978 era. I'm assuming the more modern uh, planes have a bit of a different layout. Yeah, so I think I, there's more computers involved now. Yeah, uh, but seeing him work the autopilot was a standout bit yeah. where they say, okay, you need to make a five degree turn. Oh my God. And we see the plane almost do a full 180. It is the <laughs> sharpest of turns. It is about as sharp a turn as a major airline like that can take. <laughs> it's like, this isn't a course correction of Five degrees. No, he's veering. He's making a, a sharp right at the mountain. Like everyone in the plane would be like, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Also, I That's love... the only footage they had from airport, though. <laughs> I'm curious about that because there are a couple of like s- scenes in which we see the plane maneuvering where they're clearly filming from the inside of another plane yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the glare on the window they yeah. have the camera pressed up against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is is that how airplane was filmed, or not airplane, but uh, airport? airport? Um, possibly some of it at least, or maybe yeah. some of the onion. Once again, this is just all the footage that's laying around. Sure, fair enough. Uh, I don't. Remember, I don't remember airport looking that bad. Yeah, but uh, I, having never seen the movie, I don't oh, know. I have, but it's been a long time. I've seen all of the airport films. <laughs> Why though? I, you know, they are, they're pretty fun, actually. They are definitely relics of a time. Uh, um, and, and you know I enjoy relics of a time. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Uh, uh, why are we doing this show, if not there, for that there, reason? There, there are four airport movies. Oh, wow. Airport, Airport 75, Airport 77, and the Concord Airport 79. Airport 5, it just keeps happening. <laughs> and I now just learned of a movie called Airplane vs. Volcano, and I must see it. Oh, have you not seen Airplane vs. Volcano? I've never seen Airplane it. Airplane vs. Volcano is pretty great, John. Starring Dean Cain? Yes, I oh. have actually seen this one. Okay. Uh, the, the airplane actually gets caught in a ring of volcanoes uh, that it must try to escape, so it's a constantly circling plane that can't escape this ring of volcanoes. I'm going to have to stop this podcast right now and go watch this movie. <laughs> it's real dumb. Because that sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, yeah. 
And also uh, get that airport. There's a box set of the airport movies that you can. Oh boy, you can own it. I don't think it costs much. John, are you saying you're going to own it? I'm saying I may already own it. <laughs> I have just ordered it on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I already had it coming into this. Uh, <laughs> Dean Martin's in one of them. Oh huh? boy, it is a who's who of like random. I prefer 70s. Dean Kane over Dean Martin any day. How dare you? <laughs> Look, it is like a who's who of like look, Charlton D- Heston, Jack Lemmon. Dean Cain has just made been a bigger part of my life. I'll say that much. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. He was Superman. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he lands this plane with the help of Kevin. I love the Banner. Does, Banner makes kind of a smooth move here. Oh yeah. When he's like when they when the pilot they get to help uh, guide him down. Bob Brandis. Bob Captain Bob Captain Bob Brandis. Uh, You're gonna want to check your altimeter, son. Right. Uh, But he says like, have you checked to see if there are any civilian pilots on the plane? No, they Uh, haven't. And then both you and I were like, well, that's gonna cause a panic if they. Yeah. Is anyone anyone a pilot? Our thought was that they were gonna get on the loudspeaker and say, "Is there a pilot on board?" (laughs) We could really use one. Uh, but no, Banner does make a smooth move here, and he says, like, if there are any civilian pilots on the plane, we'd love for you to come up here and check out our brand new cockpit. Yeah. It's like half smooth. It's pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> so the only taker we get is, of course, Kevin, who's just super into well, jet I'm planes. I'm not a pilot. I just really like planes. How did he get on the flight, like, into the cockpit? Because he just bursts in. It's just a curtain. Well, no, there's a door. That's right. I don't think that it's locked at this point, though. Oh, fair enough. Um, yeah, try doing this now. Yeah, no. Again, you'd be tased. Yeah. Um, so, we get Captain Bob Brandis uh, talking him down for like the last half Come of this. Come on, son. Uh, and Banner's doing okay. He's yeah. a little nervous, yeah. as is his won't. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the help of Denise and uh, Kevin, mm-hmm. he's figuring out where all the buttons and switches are. Yeah, yeah. But in the final approach, uh, he's got a problem because he's, mm-hmm. he's got to put the plane in full reverse to like slow their momentum. And unfortunately, remember that uh, <laughs> that fluid we said was leaking all Who over the place. Who could forget? So? Well, uh, we kind of did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because apparently that's all drained out now, and that means the uh, the power steering on the the he yoke. He can't pull back the yoke. He, yeah, he can't pull it back. So uh, it would take someone of incredible strength. This is to my pull favorite. Back. This is my favorite Bob Brandis scene, though. <laughs> Where they're just like, because he's like, oh, what's the uh, what's the hydraulic pressure gauge read? And they're like, whatever. And he's like, it should be 3,000. He didn't have a chance. <laughs> yeah, they, he holds the mic away from his face. He's like, oh, they're doomed. <laughs> yeah, we're about to watch a bunch of people die. <laughs> but this is just more, you know, not nothing new for Bob Brandis, though. Right. Oh, they're all fucked. Yeah, I have seen so many planes die. Yeah, you want a cup of coffee? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out now. I think I, I've done all I can My here. work here is done. <laughs> Uh, but no, Bob Brandis does not leave because no. he is willing to talk to these people to their deaths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then when he hears the plane crash, he's like, all right, well, you know where to send my check. <laughs> I'll be at the bar. Uh, so Banner cannot like do the final mm-hmm. landing procedure because he is too frail and too weak and he's panicking and he doesn't know what to do, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, triggers a Hulk reaction. And, and the Hulk reaction's great. He turns around with the wide eyes to Denise and Kevin is like, Get out! Yeah, he goes full Batman there for a mm-hmm. second. Get out! Swear to me! And um, then we get the longest transformation sequence. You said it is going to be the yeah, longest one in the series. It's it's, it's, it's into the trivia here. I, I believe it says. Uh, uh, let me 
because we've always said that we really enjoy those brief shots we get of like mid transformation banner when it's Bixby mm-hmm. dressed yeah, like yeah. Kitted and, up with the eyebrows and the hair. And, oh, this is the ultimate scene of that. Because we linger on it for minutes. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Bixby must have been pissed. He had to be in makeup for an extended period of time here. That's true. Um, that he didn't... Uh... We get a solid look at Bixby painted green right, with this... crazy eyebrows, crazy hair, mm-hmm. and those white contact lenses. They, they say this is one of the longest transformation scene in the entire oh, series. wow. As David, they say the reason for this is David is fighting the change in order to remain intelligently in control of the landing situation. That was my thought. Mm-hmm. We get no confirmation about that or the fact that that's even possible up to this point. Well, it brings up a whole bunch of new questions about how much control Banner has. Right? Yeah. Because we've always kind of assumed, like, okay, once he hulks out, he basically has Banner's last directive yes, as his yes. forward momentum. That's the only thing that makes sense with what we've seen, like, where yeah. it is like, oh, I'm fighting this guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and even in this episode, we sort of get that, except mm-hmm. for the fact that he drags the transformation out for so long. Mm-hmm. The fact that he, again, it stretches for minutes, and the whole time Captain Bob Brandis is just saying, pull back, David, pull back. Over, back. over and over and over. Yeah. And he says it probably like 12 times. Yeah. It is a to lot. the point where we were chanting it along. <laughs> pull back, pull back, pull back. You've got to pull harder, David. You've got to pull harder. He does keep saying that harder and harder. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> got uncomfortable after yeah. a little bit. Harder! <laughs> that oh. was just unedited audio from the set that day of uh, <laughs> Ed Peck. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yikes. Unrelated to the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like a naked gun situation. Yeah, he went exactly. To the, he went to the bathroom <laughs> and he was still mic'd. <laughs> um, he, uh, I can't get past that. That's so anyway, um, uh, he succeeds in pulling back the yoke. Yes. Though Kevin does make it back into the uh, uh, cockpit at one point to help direct the Hulk because the Hulk like hulks out. I love this scene where Kevin's like, no Hulk like this. At a certain point, he's full Hulk because mm-hmm. we go on for minutes with him being half Hulk. Mm-hmm. And then once he's full Hulk, he completely loses track of what he's doing. Yeah. And is strangely just like staring around like, oh. it. it's like, imagine this the Hulk. Where, this, is what, this is what we were talking about. Where he's oddly calm. It, what it is for me, oh. what, what I call this Hulk is Hulk in a field Hulk. Mm. It's that scene we always get of the Hulk when he is like, placidly in a forest glade yes. somewhere and a deer is wandering by or a butterfly lands on his finger. Yeah. It's those moments when the Hulk is just like, oh, Hulk is just alone. But that makes sense. Not landing a plane. No. This, yeah, he's Hulk in a field Hulk in the middle of a plane descent. Mm-hmm. While the Well, they're on the ground. It's What he has to do is push the brake and basically pull back all the throttle and like right. stop the plane. Um, and so... We get a nice, glorious shot of Ferrigno's green foot coming yeah, down on the brakes. Because Kevin's like, no, you get to push down on the brake. And then I like he puts his hand over the Hulks to pull back the throttle. Yeah, we get a nice ghost moment there. And you're just like, <laughs> like this. Kevin is Aww. super into the Hulk. Oh, big time. When he first, when he hears he's like, a green man? <laughs> and then when he sees him, he's not terrified. He's more like, oh. Well, when he sees him in the cockpit, he's like, who are you? What happened to David? Yeah. You're wearing the same shirt and pants as him, but clearly he's gone. But who cares? Hello, stranger. (laughs) 
Hello, Green Stranger. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, it's an odd. alternate title for this podcast. Yeah. Hello, Green Stranger. Damn it. <laughs> Too far in. That's a great title for this show. Ah. Curses. Damn. Uh, missed opportunity there. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and then I do like, as the plane's landing, we see the all the passengers gearing themselves up for the emergency landing and we see the old lady clinging to the corpse of her husband who is just ragdolling mm-hmm. yeah oh my god so and they're fine everybody's fine Conceivable. well except for the people who got drugged they're, they're all dead, dead but yeah, everyone dead. on the, the yeah all the other people on the plane are fine mm-hmm. uh, including the people in kimonos who we never see again um, <laughs> yeah we they see go- them get on the plane but we never see them again yeah no and they make a point of showing Two different people in kimonos. Yeah. That has nothing to do with anything. With like an uptight Japanese businessman. Yeah. And yeah, apparently they're just there for flavor. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. A little Japanese flavor. <laughs> it, was Cal- to- it was a California roll, John. Ah, <laughs> we need to kick things up a notch. Um, so yeah, then the plane is landed and yeah. the Hulk is still just sitting there banally confused. This is, I love though. Once it's like at a full stop, then he's like, well, no, he doesn't freak out until he hears the sirens. Yeah. Because we saw a bunch of firefighters. Because it's, it's the Popo. Well, no, it's firefighters. No, it's firefighters. But I'm saying the Hulk always runs from like cops or sirens or whatever. So Hulk's attitude is he hears the sirens. He doesn't differentiate. He hears sirens. And it's things. true. Cheese it. It's the fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Those are his thought process. Mm-hmm. And he bursts out of the cockpit. And just charges through the cabin, mm-hmm. uh, scaring the living daylights out of everyone. And I love Mr. Legit turns to Kevin's mom and is like, see, that's what I saw. <laughs> we do get a great take from a random cowboy in the front row. Who's, oh, I was so thrilled. His hat flies off. Because we were missing a, 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 a Texan in this mm-hmm. episode. Um, and we get one. <laughs> yeah. And his, his hat falls back. I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> in my life, I've never. Um, so then the Hulk kicks open the door to the plane, which is actually fairly badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then leaps off of the plane and then just charges away, and we see him escaping into a parking lot somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Never to be seen again. Never to be seen again. <laughs> Presumably. Uh, yeah. And we get this pretty good scene where he kicks over a uh, barbed wire fence mm-hmm. um, and this long protracted shot of... For like, half a second, I thought... He, He's not going to be perplexed by that fence, is he? Like, I thought he was going to come and be like, oh. Fence? Oh. No, I'm glad he just kicks it over. Yeah. Takes off into the parking lot. Uh, presumably steals a Jeep. <laughs> well, we know he's good at that. I want to see the Hulk steal a car, though. Just the Hulk hot wire in a car. And he put, <laughs> no, no, no. The Hulk puts his feet through the bottom of the car and takes off Flintstone style. Red Flintstone style, yeah. <laughs> now that's what I want to see. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so then we cut back to David Banner looking pretty badass here. Oh, yeah, by the way, we get no follow-up on anyone who was on the flight. None of the bad guys, none of the good guys. I have no idea what happens here. It doesn't matter. Nope. Once they, it's like they were writing an episode, then they're like, wait, he could land a plane in this episode. They veered hard into that and then forgot everything else that had happened. Well, I feel like they landed the plane and that was the signal that the episode was over. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, the plane has landed. The episode's done. We got to wrap this up. Come on, come on, yeah, come on. Yeah, we'll put in that thing. So here he is in the phone booth in a sweet black pea coat. He looks great. Oh, yeah. No, he looks awesome. Um, why isn't he rocking this look all the time? This is a Batman look. Yeah. This is a total Bruce Wayne. Where he got that coat slash any of the clothes he's wearing now, we don't know. I don't know. Found him in a car in that parking lot, maybe. (laughs) For all I know. Jesus. Uh, Yeah, he has a pretty good wardrobe for a guy who's, like, essentially a drifter. Yes. (laughs) 
100% he does. Yeah. Uh, unclear what how that's happening. Is he stealing uh, from clotheslines? I don't know. We've uh, seen him steal from clotheslines, and we saw him, like, stealing but we, from... we always see him replace outfits he already has. Yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> he only ever has the one outfit. He doesn't often have, like, a lot of clothes with him. He has, like, a small bag of stuff. At maybe. least a, one tiny duffel bag of some kind. Yeah. But yeah, um, and then we see him calling the radiologist's office from the beginning, and the secretary say, oh no, you just missed him. I was like, are you in Chicago? He's like, I only made it as far as Denver. And oh, she's yeah. like, well, he'll, he'd, he'd love to see you in three months. And he's like, forget it. Click. Why forget it? Go back in three months. You're still the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Missed opportunity. Forget it. Look, if we get some payoff from this in a season or two... We won't. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. There is a 0% chance of that. I would be so much happier if I that know. had happened. There is... Yeah. Continuity in this show. No, it doesn't exist. No, not really. Uh, past, like, the first episode. Yeah. A smattering of well, Every time there is, we're always like, whoa! <laughs> Revolutionary! They remembered a thing! <laughs> Let's just start the with pilot. Re- everybody remembers, obviously, because he can never he can never prove he didn't. Sure, but I just want to start with let's remember where he was the previous episode, and then move up from there. Let's mm. start with that. Mm-hmm. If we can have some kind of like trajectory that makes sense for his movements across the country, then I'll be happy. And then after that, we can work on you know the plot. Mm. <laughs> but I'm not holding my breath for any of that. No. All right, uh, so that's 7.47, yeah. episode 7 of season 1. Because, yeah, that is just the end of the episode. That's it. No, that's it. And he, mm-hmm. off he goes again. Do, what do, happened do, to do. any of those characters or mm-hmm. any of the crimes that were involved? or the? Yeah, this episode just doesn't give a shit about any of that, does it? No. Um, like you said, I think they once they got to the plane landing, they were just like, uh, who cares about the rest of this shit? Nobody's going to be asking. He just landed a fucking plane. <laughs> right. Everybody's going to be so in awe of this and patting us on the back. All right. Oh, here's a good. Here, so uh, we'll get to our regular segments here. Here's. A, I think this one's up for debate. Is the Hulk feat of strength? Is it kicking the the plane door? I think it's kicking the plane door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's either that or busting out of the kennel. Yeah. Because like, I think I think the plane door. That's a sealed door. I don't know what's sealed in this plane. It should be a sealed <laughs> door. It should be pressurized. Yes. It should be a pressurized sealed plane door that he just he straight up Spartan kicks And it's out. still latched when he does oh, it. Oh yeah, so, yeah. 100%. I, I, I'm going to go plane door. Okay. I'm going to go plane door I think kick. hurling, there's a strong case to be made for one-handed mm-hmm. grabbing a guy's foot and hurling him across the cargo that's, bay. That's pretty good. And not only like hurling him, but hurling him to the point where he is unconscious for the rest of the episode, yeah. presumed dead. I mean, I, I was told recently, if you're unconscious that long, you're seriously damaged, if not dead. <laughs> I, so, I, I, and I was shocked to hear this because I know everything from movies and TV. Uh-huh. So I'm like, you can't be unconscious for like 20 minutes. I'm like, no. <laughs> if you get hit in the head and you're unconscious for 20 minutes after that, you're going to have permanent brain damage at the least. Whoa. Yeah. Yikes. You can't just get conked on the head and be out that long. Movies and TV have lied to me for years. Because every movie I've ever seen, somebody gets hit in the back of the head and wakes up like two hours later in a warehouse or something. Presumably, at some point, they shift from unconsciousness to sleep. Oh, that's an interesting point. Because there is a difference between the two of them. Oh, yes. Um, So, presumably, in every case that we've seen thus far in television and movies. That's the only way we can make it work. They were just all tuckered out. Mm -hmm. 
I should point, here's another interesting piece of trivia. I, I mentioned Richard Christian Matheson, and I said not the famous sci-fi writer, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Matheson. This is his son. Oh. Richard Christian Matheson, the son of screenwriter and novelist Richard Matheson. Yeah, good for him. Mm-hmm. He also he goes on to write two more episodes of this show. To write two more episodes of this show? Yeah, he'll, he'll, he will also write. He's oh. on the writing staff yeah, of the yeah. show, so he also writes two more episodes. Okay, okay. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, Hulk Feet of Strength, I would say, probably kicking the pressurized door I off I think the that's pretty good, but yeah. there's there's some other good ones. This this one doesn't have as clear a like, oh, that's it. You know what I really it doesn't wanted? Have, it doesn't have him chucking a bear. Once he had hulked out in the cockpit, I really wanted him to just like crash through the front of the plane, and that's how he stops it. Oh, God, that'd be awesome. Well, that's, like what that, he, that's what he'd do in a movie. Right. It's yeah. just like the Hulk dragging the plane to a stop. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the Hulk thing to do, but that's not yeah. the TV Hulk thing to do. No, and that's not even this show not wanting to be comic bookie. That's a cost. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Um, you could have him like real close-up shots of hands up against like the back of the front of the yeah, plane. Yeah, we've seen some stuff kind of like that. Yeah. It, but, would, it wouldn't land the way we want it no, to. No, I know. Uh, our guest star of the week, it's got to be Ed Peck as Captain Bob Brandis, right? I like Ed Power simply because we said his name too many times. <laughs> but yeah, Doc, uh, Captain Bob Brandis was just such a immediate force in this episode that consumed <laughs> the back half of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I almost want a Captain Bob Brandis spinoff show. I mean, I don't. But just because it's like him narrating to other doomed flights... <laughs> That's a really depressing show. They're not going to make it. <laughs> that was the best. Where he's just like, no chance. And I'm hoping gonna... that Banner doesn't hear him through his hand yeah. over the mic. Like, I'm going to give this guy some false hope. But he is so fucked right now. He is so dead. I am talking to a corpse. <laughs> you would best take the rest of those pills because you are fucked. Well, that was the thing where he's like, send out the fire department because this one. We're going to have a barn burner. <laughs> You you were looking at toasted metal filled with skeletons, <laughs> my friend. Yeesh. It's a fucking weenie roast out there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, he so is definitely my guest star of the yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, he, he has such amazing mm-hmm. uh, presence. Yeah, yeah. All right, so it's time to check in, as always, with our buddy, oh. General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. In this alternate reality where he lives blissfully unaware of the Hulk. It's true. What's he up to this week? Well, I think, like most people, uh, he, of course, has to deal with uh, flights every now and again. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, Especially, I mean, a a military man like himself, he needs to check in on places. Yeah, but he is not above uh, commercial travel. No. He could easily requisition some kind of personal helicopter. Because he likes staying a man of the people. It's true. Um, and he doesn't have it. He doesn't. He's not in a rush. He doesn't no. have to go chase down a big green monster. Mm-mm. So he is willing to put in the time to mm-hmm. show up early, mm-hmm. check in his bags, uh, make sure they're properly tagged. Of course, he has some kind of color coded tag he puts well, on his bag. Yes, absolutely. Make it easily visible for mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm, the luggage mm-hmm. carousel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he no, he thinks things out. It's true. Uh, he is going to. How early do you think he arrives at the terminal? Oh, I think earlier than most people. I think he's a three-hour guy. He's a three-hour guy. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, in that case... He's content to sit there. Oh, yeah. I mean, the military, life in the military has given him patience. And especially if he has the excuse of like, okay, this flight's going to be taking up most of my day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give myself a little me time on the terminal. Yeah. So, uh, clearly he brought a book. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you think uh, Thunderbolt Ross is reading in 78? Well, obviously I want to say 
the art of war, but that that's a given, right? Like he has that, that memorized at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think he's I, I think he's a history guy. Yeah, yeah. I think, but I don't think conventionally what you would think. Like he's not a Civil War guy. The Sharp novels. Oh, he would love the Sharp novels. Yeah. So he's into some master and commander stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He loves the military tactician nature mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think the sharp novels are a perfect thing. So I think he's plowing through one or two of those while he's waiting for his flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, his flight, of course, uh, does get canceled. He's a little disappointed because he was going out to go uh, visit with Betty mm-hmm. um, and uh, her new fiance, of mm-hmm. course, which yeah. is uh, a uh, a lovely therapist from the Midwest. Um, hasn't met the boy yet uh, because name of uh, he doesn't. Uh, He's not it's something with an S. Someone, something with an S. He's not sure yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's going to go meet him for the first time, mm-hmm. and it's like this big tension. And so he's a little relieved when his flight gets canceled, mm-hmm. and he has to go to that courtesy phone and just be like, "Look, Betty, I'm not going to make it. Tell your boyfriend, I mean fiance, mm-hmm. that uh, I can't make it out this weekend. Flight she, canceled." She says Doc's going to be so disappointed. Yep, she does. <laughs> uh, but who knows? Maybe they'll make that connection later. But mm-hmm. he's a busy man with a busy life. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what he's doing this week, mm-hmm. blissfully unaware of the Hulk. All right. Uh, you know why his flight got canceled? Okay, well, there was a plane incident. Yeah, yeah. never showed up. Yeah, never showed up. <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting in Chicago, and it just yeah, never showed up. It never up. showed up. It had to detour in Denver for uh-huh. some reason. Yeah. Last minute. All right. Well, that's, that's this episode. Let's talk about what next week's episode is. And oh, oh boy, boy. Uh, because the title here, they're not burying the lead. The title... The Hulk breaks Las Vegas. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. Oh, th- this is this is great right off the bat. David is working as a card shill in Vegas. Oh my god! <laughs> when he learns his casino owning boss is crooked. No. To complicate matters, the people holding the evidence are acquaintances of Jack McGee. Boo. <laughs> That is the Hulk breaks Las Vegas. You know what? No, I like the idea that it says acquaintances of Jack McGee because Jack McGee doesn't have friends. No, God, no. We've seen that kind of actually. <laughs> he People has seem to hate him. He has acquaintances. He sucks. He has workplace associates. How could you be friends with that guy? <laughs> All right, I want to see if I can make this work here as best I can. I, we have a third microphone, and I want to. I'm going to put my. What's phone. going on here? I'm, I'm I'm terrified and confused. Well, I promised you something about the magician. Okay, yeah. And I, if I bring this up. Microphone turn on. No, nope. might have to use your own mic here, John. All right, or use mine. Okay. Well, what I'm going to try to do is, is I'm going to try to play this for you, Gurgani, but I still want people to be able to hear it. I may have to insert this in afterwards. Okay. But we're going to re- try to record this as best we can. All right. This is the opening title sequence of The Magician. Oh dear. Let's see if this plays. My God. What are the hands doing in front of... They're, they're doing magic. <laughs> John, we have to find this show. Mm-hmm. It's like if James Bond and David Copperfield had a baby. Right, right. Bill Bixby is... The Magician. How did this show not take off? I mean, come on. There he is. This opening title sequence is also like seven minutes long. Oh, like all (laughs) opening title sequences from this era. Mm -hmm. 
He animated hands in front of everything. Jim Watkins? Where do I know him from? Oh, he's a guy who's in a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh. I think this is the next season's one. Oh, God. We don't need to watch more than one of these, John. But hang on. This one's even better. Oh, God. There's a puma. This one shows more of his magic. Oh, that's a leopard. See? Because you said he learned magic for Oh, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he committed fully to this. This guy took it seriously. Do you got? By the way, I uh, th since this is just music, listening to this is probably not great. Uh, go go and watch this. You can find this on YouTube. Just type oh in. My God. Just type in the magician, the magician Bill Bixby, and you'll find it. Look, this is an amazing opening title sequence. I think the second season's opening title sequence is better. I'm stunned with silence. Mm-hmm. Bixby. God, I love that he learned close-up magic for this. Oh, my God. That's so good. Co-starring Joe Sirola, Jim Watkins. Okay, oh, right? Wow. That that That's amazing, I'm right? I'm sorry if that just made the audio for that chunk of the podcast unlistenable. I have no idea, but wasn't that, wasn't that incredible? Uh, <sighs> and I'll tell you this right now. There's more clips from that available out there. But there's no, like, you can't get it on DVD? I, I have yet to find anything uh, like that. Yeah, I'm still I'm still looking, though. Okay, okay. You better believe. I have sources for this kind all of right, stuff. All right, all um, right. And I will do everything in my power to find this before we... Uh, <laughs> Please, supplemental <laughs> just, material. Just dive full steam into it. Yes. All right. Yeah, so that's this week's episode of The Green Mile and a little touch of uh, the inevitable magician show that we end up doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, we may do some bonus content for... <laughs> bonus content for the bonus content? Yeah, for the magician. Uh, but yeah, there you go. We're once again uh, traveling down that uh, that green mile. Always following the adventures of Dr. David Benton, Benchley Benson, Bradburn, Blaine, Blake, Brown, Banner. Indeed. All right, until next week, I'm John Campbell. I am currently Mike Gergoni. And don't make us angry, because you wouldn't like us when we're angry. 